adventure through a wasteland twisted by dark magic, undead monsters, and contagious insanity where life and death are no longer opposites, but a spectrum of cruelties. Emerging from the dregs, an old king makes one final attempt to save his realm. Today's episode is brought to you by the newest project of Lee Ellis, author of the Kill Dash series, God Blood is a grim, dark short story with the audio runtime of two hours available on Audible and a digital print available for those that prefer reading. This exciting adventure is available now. But parents beware, it's not for the faint of heart. Stay tuned after the episode for an exclusive audio clip of God Blood. Welcome to The Nerdy Old Men Podcast. The greatest nerd, geek, and pop culture podcast in history. With your host, Redneck Wes. He keeps screwing up, people. And that old bald man, Chad. Come on, man. This is a fun place. Don't be a Good morning, Wes. What's up, buddy? Smoky Mountain Fan Fest 2023. Here in Sevierville. Severville Pigeon Forge. We, we, everything kind of blends together here for me. This is Severville still. We've not made it into Pigeon That's Forge. That's right. Yet. We're in Severville. It's a Severville Convention Center. Yes. Which is really nice. This place is really, really cool. I didn't even know this was here. I knew that... Uh, I um, knew there was one, but I had never been to it. Yeah, like Soaky Mountain, which is the water park, which is beside us, and then the uh, uh, the other indoor water park thing, the which wilderness is uh, Wilderness of Smokies, which is right here, too. So, right off the main drag, going through the uh, touristy spot of the Smoky Could Mountains. not believe the amount of parking they had. There's a big parking place. garage and stuff here. And then you walk in this place, and it is enormous. Well, we want to give a big shout-out to Ty, the, the, the showrunner, show manager, show extraordinaire for this here convention that he invited us to. We're super happy to be guests here uh we're gonna have a really good show for yes. you we got some neat things hopefully getting some more neat things we've been uh, willing and dealing and working uh working yes, the charm yes we have uh, our booth bouncer abby abby say hi abby say hi Hello. Yeah, she's here. So <laughs> she, she's here oh, for she's us. She's jumping on. Yeah, oh yeah, she's gonna she's gonna be on sometimes too. So we're gonna get we're gonna get that perspective too. So we're uh, we're right in front of the uh, Smoky Mountain Ghostbusters. Yes. Abby's excited about the supernatural car that's I over so here. Excited. My buddy yes. Josh Uten. Yes. Uh, shout out to Josh. Uh, he is he built that car. Yes. Uh, he's built uh, a Smoky's Trans Am. Uh, he's built a turtle van this yeah. past year. Yeah, he's got a TARDIS over there, too. Got a TARDIS. So, so all kinds of he's got it's bigger his... on the inside, I hear. Yes, so that's we'll what have they to go say. Check on that, uh, so. But Uten, he's right across from us. So uh, there's a lot going on. I mean... It, and not everybody's even here yet. I know. So, this is nuts. So, But as usual for our shows, we're going to you know, have little segments. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be fun. Uh, so, you know, stick with us, man. Uh, and it's going to be exciting. So. You don't know what's going to pop never up can this, tell, so. this episode. Yep. All right, man. Let's see what we can get into. Rock and roll. Well, you know, we're we're just thankful that you, you know, took time just to yeah, talk to us. I mean, you know, I'm going through withdrawal. I haven't been in front of a mic in two days. Well, there you days. go. So, so yeah, you know. we're trying to help you out. That's right. <laughs> Speaking of, we're with Ray. Yes. How are you, Mr. Porter? I'm well. I'm well. I'm well. I'm hanging out. We've been talking to him for like 10 minutes. Yes. I'll make things happen. It's okay. It's all right. So the con's been all right for you, huh? Con's been great. You know, this is uh, uh, obviously my first time at this uh, con, and it's been terrific. I think it's very well run. Ty's done a great job. The whole team's done a great job. Um, And it's fun to be part of kind of, you know, this is a relatively new one. It is, yes. Uh, and so, you know, it's great. It's uh, it's exciting, and obviously the fans are excited because 
they don't have to fly someplace for a con. It's more local, right? You know, which yeah. is terrific. Uh, although I've met a lot of people that drove four and five hours to oh, get yeah. here. Yes, you yes. Know, which is like, wow. Parking's good here, too. So. Oh, <laughs> yes. Well, there you go. <laughs> which is great. Um, <laughs> you know, and it's terrific. I mean, I love I love going to cons. It's it's sort of a new thing for me uh, based on a, uh, a film role that I may or may not have done. Right. Um, yes. Which you can look up, by the way, because yes. we, we, we're not going to talk sure. about that. But, yes. but look up Ray yes. Porter and you'll know what he did. <clears throat> exactly. <laughs> but uh, my, my union, sag after is currently on strike for very good reasons. Understood, and, yeah. And so we're kind of not doing anything to really shine a light on the studios that we're trying to negotiate with. Understood, until they yeah. Everybody decide, gets that. Until yeah. they decide to wake up and come with an equitable deal. You Understood, know? yeah. yeah. Um, and it's funny because the, the rhetoric I've heard, and I'm not going to, I'm going to get off this soapbox like now. Go for it, yeah. But the rhetoric that I've heard uh, from a lot of people who don't necessarily understand, they're like, actors in Hollywood want more money. What do they need to pay for another mansion? And it's like, <laughs> If I have a mansion, would you show it to me? Yes. <laughs> you know, there are people who are fighting because they need their health care. They yes. need to be able to make rent. Because not you know? everybody no. ha- gets the salary that some of these folks no, that you see. So there's not. all these other folks that are struggling this is doing the their art. This is the deal. There are hugely talented people out there that you've never heard of. I did yes. uh, Audible's version of The Sandman oh. um, for Neil Gaiman in England. And some of the most talented actors I have ever had the privilege of working with, and no, you won't know their names. And that, right. what's, you know? what's wild is that it's such a great book, and now I want to go it's get brilliant. the audio book. Oh, you should get it. It's on Audible. They've, the, we just did version, uh, we did volume four. So there's, th- there's three volumes already out. Oh, gosh. Um, and it's full cast. Dirk Maggs is the producer. It's a full cast with, like, positional audio and everything, and it's hard to describe, but you put headphones on, and you're listening to one of these scenes, and you hear people behind you, like I do now. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's that positional, so I strongly recommend it. I, I am a huge fan of Audible. Yeah. I think their stuff is fantastic. Well, you know, the thing is, they're, they're sort of the, the place you go to buy the books because there's so many other terrific audio publishers right. that they sell their audiobooks through Audible and then Audible themselves also produce. Yes, yes. So, you know. Because some of the ones I've listened to say this is a, an Audible presentation. Yes, 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 yeah. yes exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Audible exclusive or that kind of thing. I've got yeah. a question for you as far as yeah. like when you're recording. Yes. Are you recording by yourself, or is it like a group well, read, or well, how does that work? Sandman was a group read, so we were all in the room together. Oh, acting, that had to be amazing. The scenes, which was brilliant. Like, like, like an old, each other. Like an old school radio drama like type Like an old yes. school radio drama, exactly right. But you're acting the scene, and you're able to look up at oh, the person, so cool. you're, you know, and yeah. it's wonderful. All I have to look up who is Chad, because I look up, and he's just there. I mean, it's oh, pretty, God, it's pretty amazing, that. though. <laughs> I mean, well, that's the problem. Yeah, I mean, it's great. It's great for you. I don't know, I'm getting you. a glare <laughs> off that head right now, Chad. So turn your head a little bit. That would help. But, yeah, so, but, but the other books that I do, it's solo, so if there's ten people talking, it's just me, you know, wow. sitting in there, and I'm doing... So cool. And I'm reading the book, and I'm doing the scene, and everything. And when my when my son stays over, um, you know, he can kind of hear me through the wall, and he's like, you know, hearing all these different voices. And he's like, usually it sounds really muffled until you make a mistake or something bad happens, yeah. and then I hear old Saxon words yes. uttered really loudly. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So what came first for you, um, screen acting? Or the voice acting? It sort of all happened at the same time. I, um, 
I, I grew up in Indiana and mm-hmm. uh, worked in radio when I was like 16. Um, and was really wrestled with the whole thing of like, do I really want to be an actor? Is this okay. what I want to do? And then I saw a production that convinced me. I was like, yeah, I'm doing this. So I went to the California Institute of the Arts. Uh, I tell people, you know, I went to collage, collage. rather than college. Uh, the California <laughs> Institute of the Arts. And I, I got, my, got my bachelor's from there. And about, say, six months later, got an offer to go work at the Oregon Shakespeare Festival in Ashland, Oregon. This is in 1990. Okay. And I told everybody in L.A., hey, I'll be back in six months, you know, because, oh, I don't want to miss, you know. I don't know what I thought I'd be missing. And uh, I went up there to work, and I came back in 2008. Wow. Because uh, okay. it was yeah. heavenly. It's a beautiful place to live. I got to do theater all day long. Got to do Shakespeare mostly, which was great. Um, and then I started doing, I would in the off-season, I would go down, I started booking TV shows. or you know. And then I got uh, Almost Famous, Cameron Crowe's film. I was four months on that movie. Right. And, you know, so... It all kind of started to pick up, and then uh, I was always doing voice stuff because my background in radio when I was like 16 right. uh, at the radio station in Kokomo, and um, then I started doing audiobooks, and that seemed to go well. Audiobooks is kind of a momentum thing. You, you know, you get one book, and it does okay, so you get another one. That does okay, and then gradually it builds, uh, and that's turned into a very consistent thing, which has been great. Like during covid you can work from home. You I have, have a to, home studio, yeah. so I, I, you know, yeah, it was terrific. That's really neat. It, and you're talking about you doing multiple characters and stuff. Yeah. I've listened to some audio books, which are a, uh, not to be disparaging, but it's one guy or, or girl, I guess, just reading in their voice the whole time. Some narrators make that choice. Right. And now, but fine. I've listened to some that... Mm. That is just like a radio yeah. drama. There's sound effects, and there's you know, right. and, they, and the person changing their voices. That's the stuff that's super entertaining and keeps you involved. I try to. I mean, I, I try to. Obviously, I don't do sound effects. You know, while I'm there in the room, I'm oh, busy yeah. enough. Right, right. But um, I do try to differentiate between the right. voices because so many people. I, I get so many great notes from people who are driving a truck or who are working. You know, there's a guy who's sent me a note recently where he was like I'm in a tractor nine hours a day you know um, and I listen to audiobooks Uh, I want to make it as easy as possible for them to get the story that the author wrote not about me being like a great performer or anything like that it's just I want to try to to deliver the story in a way that they don't have to like go through filters of like okay now who's talking or they get taken out of the story and so I personally feel that doing the voices or doing the different characters, doing the dialects, you know, all of that stuff helps get the story, helps get the mail delivered mm-hmm. to the uh, to the listener. Yes. And that's that's really what I try to do. That's that. I, I, I'm a big guy. I, well, I love audio books. Well, and, and that's the thing. Is there's, there's some that I've listened to, and I know trying to skirt stuff, but like Mark Hamill mm-hmm. does a, he did a animated character that I like a lot. Yes, he did. Yes, yes. And if I read a comic that has that animated character, you hear him. I hear his voice. voice. Yes, absolutely. So have you had, have you had people say, you know, I've got, all, I've got, I've got a good friend of mine who's an author uh, who now when he writes, he hears my voice. Oh, so when he's actually, oh wow, yeah. Yeah. there you like, go. Oh, okay, yeah. this is crazy. Because you, you've done books of his, right? I've done so many books of his and, and when, I mean, from the first book, I mean, I read it and I was like, 
oh, this is me. Yeah. You know, I was like, I love this. And the writing is terrific. The author's name is Jonathan Mayberry. Jonathan Mayberry. Jonathan okay. Mayberry. Right. And the first book I did for him was Patient Zero, okay. about this character named Joe Ledger. Um, without giving anything away, Joe Ledger is a Baltimore police officer who comes into contact uh, basically, somebody has figured out a way to weaponize the zombie virus. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, I think... That's, that's not going to end well for Yeah, both. no, no, no. <laughs> the first, first like, line of the book is when you, have to, when you have to kill the same guy twice in one day, there's either something wrong with your world or something wrong with your skills, yeah. and there's nothing wrong with my skills. Oh, that's awesome that, that sets the tone right yes, there that's the first line and so you, yeah i that strongly has that, recommend uh, it. that has that wolverine vibe it's like i'm the best at what i do and what i do isn't very nice yeah, yeah exactly, <laughs> exactly. Uh, so he falls in with a with a secret governmental group that handles stuff that uh, nobody else wants to touch so that's got to be it's fun for a, for you as an actor. Oh my god! To as a to... geek, it's fun. <laughs> yes, I mean you know it's it's great. But also, Jonathan and I have such a relationship now that he'll throw me curveballs of like weird things to pronounce or or uh, you know weird characters. Worcestershire sauce. Yeah. We... <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, so yeah, it's um, it's great. I'm, and uh, what's nice is that I have. Friendships with a lot of the authors that I've, you know, that I've worked with. So um, Scott Sigler, Peter Kleins, Jack Carr. Um, you know, I'm really fortunate to have met these guys. And as a massive, massive uh, space NASA aerospace dork, right? I got to narrate Chris Hadfield's novel. Chris Hadfield's a Canadian astronaut who was a commander of the ISS. Oh yeah. wow! He wrote. A That's novel, cool. And I got to narrate his books. Like, I tried so hard not to fangirl because yeah, we're like, right. talking about the book. And I'm like, yeah, okay, I get that. Chapter three, that's really an important anyways, plot point. You, yes. But when, when you did the EVA, that was really cool. What was it like? You know, yeah, exactly. You have that Chris Farley moment from SNL exactly. where he's like, that, that was cool. It was so yeah. cool. I'll tell, that? tell you something. It, it, that made me think of it. My, my son got one of those VR Quest 2 headsets. Right? Oh, yeah, okay. okay. There's a free thing that you can download, which is the ISS simulation. Oh, man. And it's like you're floating around, mm -hmm. and you can go outside. And it, the first time I did it, it took my breath. I was I like, bet. oh, God. I <laughs> so that was pretty so cool, yeah. Chris, Chris told me a story. I was on the phone with he and his wife. Lovely, lovely people. Amazing. Yes. But uh, Chris told me this story about his first EVA. You know, he's a Canadian astronaut yeah, about yeah. to be doing EVA. Yeah, and right. he, he had figured out something momentous to say, given right. the occasion. Yes. And he said, you know, they get you in the, the rig and everything. And this is on the shuttle. Yeah. And you go through that hatch, and you have to bend over to get through the hatch. So I kind of crawl through, and I straighten up, and there's the Earth, and there's eternity. And his wife goes, yeah, and what came out of his mouth was, uh. <laughs> 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 and it's so great, because that's exactly the reaction yeah. I think anybody would yeah, have. Like, uh, you know, uh, can we try that uh, again? <laughs> uh, you know, what do you say well, to I mean, that? Yes. But you, you know, have that yeah. kind of experience, and then you get to yeah. narrate. And yes. I mean, you get to... Yeah, bring it I mean, to other people. Right. I just and I just narrated his follow up novel to that, which, you know, again, as an aerospace geek, I'm in hog heaven reading this thing. Yes. Uh, and it's gonna be great. So So the first when when humans land on Mars and yes. somebody writes a book about it, yeah. call Ray. Yes, exactly right. Ray will, <laughs> Ray will actually read no, 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 no. 
take me with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me narrate yeah, and he can do it right there on the spot. Yes. I will narrate the first book from space. That's awesome. Because in space, no one can hear you narrate. That's right. That's excellent. That's excellent. That's another thing that you can look up of a movie. But yes. I mean, yeah, well, I mean, yeah. Was I making that wasn't a film him. reference? Maybe? That wasn't him. No, 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 never mind. No, but but folks, Ray's uh, super nice guy. If you want to follow his his career, you can Google him. Yeah, you'll see the films and TV shows. Yes, that he's there's been a website because there's there is yes. a website for that which we have mentioned. It starts yes. with an I. Yes, and you can find that. But he can say. That he's on Audible. Yeah, if you look me up, if you go to audible.com and just in the search bar type in my name, you'll find, find all the stuff. You'll find over 400 titles to choose from. So if you've enjoyed so. this voice on our show, <laughs> not as nice as the other dudes. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> he's a professional at it. We're, we're amateurs at best. We are highly <laughs> trained and professionals. That's right. Hey, thanks so much, man. Thank you time. so much so for having me. Go check him out on Audible. Check out the other website that tells the, the vision. The imagery that yes. he's been involved in, and and, uh, and listen, tell all your friends to listen to the Nerdy Old Man podcast. Nerdy right. Old Men, man, because there's two of them. Yes, yeah. there are two. Man, <laughs> Thanks, man. 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 I Thank appreciate you so it. much. Yeah. Thank you. We're good. All right. Okay, guy. Uh, Chad, we record. Okay. Yeah, I did. Okay, just make sure. I got record going. He's not been hitting the buttons. Oh, that's this always week. the best bloopers when you don't know. What happened. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've got a few of those. <laughs> hey, guys, we are here. With Lonnie. With Lonnie Johnson. The best Superman ever. I appreciate it. No, really. Yeah, it, that, 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 the, the old school Superman. And I've had several people walk by and talk to us and go, Superman over there is on point for, yeah. It, 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 we, we always like that. So, But Lonnie does other things, too. We had Lonnie yeah. on at our last convention we were on, and he was fixing to have his show. Yes. yes. And he's here to tell us about how it went. and. Wow. Uh, Wow. Yeah. Uh, wow. Uh, it was July 15th. It was called the Heroes for Kids Comic Con. We helped raise money for Labonner Children's Hospital and uh, out of Memphis. And uh, the other organization was Fly Me Home, which in our area, in the Perryville, Missouri area, uh, yeah, we're about eight, almost eight hours from here right. in Smoky Mountains. Uh yeah, Fly Me Home takes care of military families that can't bring their loved ones home while they're on leave. Right. And uh, so what they do is they buy, buy the round uh, the round trip ticket back uh, so they can contact them, and then they bring them home while they're on leave. Oh, nice, yeah. Get back. So that was pretty cool. Uh, we ended up raising $11,000. That's awesome. So we get to split that $5,500 to each charity. That's fantastic. Uh, so, which is going to be awesome. When we get that's to that's that. fantastic, man. I mean, and it, so it, it obviously was a big deal. Yes. You, you had really good attendance and, yeah, and good all that attendance. stuff. Uh, the guest we had was Wyatt Weed from the Predator movies. Right. Uh, he was the board Predator. We had uh, Mark Dodson, who was the voice of Salacious Crumb in Star Wars. Nice. Uh, also did the Gremlins and the Ewoks. Uh, oh, wow. We also had uh, C. Andrew Nelson, who was Darth Vader from the original trilogy when they remastered it. Gotcha. So it was the remaster when they did. He did all the added scenes and the extra stuff that they needed for, for Vader. Yeah. yeah. The David Prowlis at that time was no longer Vader. Right. So they had another guy come in, and yeah, he's and this gentleman has worked with uh, Lucas Films for many years. He's the only actor to ever voice Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker. 
<laughs> so I mean, not <laughs> only am I dad, I'm the son too. So yeah, so it's pretty Did cool. Did you do that like uh, in video games or something? Yeah, like it that? was okay, video games. So yeah, nice. I mean, uh, just awesome time. The, uh, it was a one day show. Next year, uh, our show will be July 13th. We're at the weekend of July 13th. Uh, and I think it's the same weekend as a show just up the road in Knoxville. Uh-huh. Uh, but uh, we're actually trying to push ours to a two-day show nice. next year. That'd be great. So you so, did this in one day. Yeah, this was so one. So you made 11K for the charities yeah. in one day. That's good. That's good. So, I mean, again, it's just, you know, I love doing it. You know, it's fun. Uh, it's worthwhile. And we always like to highlight charities because – People can take the 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 nerddom geekdom that they love, yes, and have fun with that and with their friends, and then also push that into giving back to the community, which is what you guys did there. And that we really really like that. So, yeah. you know, uh, my personal job being a law enforcement officer, I've mm-hmm. been a cop for twenty one years, and you know, it, and then now being able to for the last eight years, almost nine, doing heroes for kids. Uh, I get to breach the, uh, you know, uh, plug the two together. Yes. And not only do this, you know, not only raising the money for Hero, through Heroes for Kids and donating it, but I also get to go out and do a lot of PR work with a lot of the other different agencies and mm-hmm. stuff in the area. So it's a win-win both ways. Yeah, it's so. good stuff. Absolutely good stuff. But um, line now. Hit us one more time. All the information if people want to donate, and we're we're asking people if yes. you're able to. Help this cause out. Lonnie's a friend of mine. I've known him for a few years. Yep, He's a good guy. Yep. <clears throat> and um, you, you guys accept donations for causes all the time. All the time, okay. yes. Right. Uh, so tell us have, how we can do that. Uh, you go on our Facebook page, uh, which is uh, Heroes for Kids Perry Vilmo. Uh, check us out there. Uh, it has all the stuff on it to where, where you can... Uh, donate you can send us a message if you want to do a paypal or something like that we can private message you that uh, you'll take a check in the mail yes cash yep. all, all of it, all of it. Yep. That, that's outstanding uh, make sure we get that uh website down so we can i know we've we had can, it in the can, past yes and we'll usually do lonnie's got a card or yeah. i, I, I probably the, got one with me somewhere superman doesn't have pockets today right? <laughs> yeah i don't so. have pockets today or i'd actually have one of the cards out uh, but the cool thing is is with heroes for kids uh, we are a federally recognized 501c3 charity organization. Yes. So we, you know, with the cosplay stuff, you have a lot of these cosplay groups that go out and do stuff for charities and stuff, and they just go out and help. We took it another step for, uh, another step further. We decided we wanted to become that charity organization. So we cut out the middleman. Yeah. So, you know, oh, there's uh, several places where you go out and you do the, uh, you help raise money for, well, then you have to turn that money over to this organization or this company right. before, and then that company gets their little piece of the you pie. You know where it goes, yeah. Before it goes to the actual uh, organization that's out there doing the stuff. The charity that's supposed to be right. receiving the funds. So, right. Uh, and uh, unfortunately... We've actually helped organizations like that at, at times. Well, I think we all have in the cosplay right. community. And which, which it's awesome. I mean, I'm not telling people not to do that because, again, it is awesome to be out there, go out there and do the stuff. But, oh, like I said, with Heroes for Kids, we took it one step further. We became that 501c3 charity organization. We cut the middleman out. So you guys want to donate to Heroes for Kids, 100% of that profit or that proceeds goes to the organizations that we're raising yeah. for. Heroes for Kids does not keep 
any money on it. That's fantastic. So, That's a true volunteer uh, self-run yeah. organization. That's doing good things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for area. instance, uh, the Comic Con, the eleven thousand dollars. Once uh, that isn't the expenses for the show. The exp- once the expenses was pay- taken out yep. of, uh, paid for, and taken out of. That's paying the guests, the venue, getting everything taken care of for the camp. That eleven thousand dollars was is that full donation. Nice. So yeah, it is one hundred percent eleven thousand dollars. That's going even out better. To That's fantastic. So. Well, Lonnie, thanks for telling us about it, and I, we're congratulations on the success of this one. Appreciate. It. I can't wait. To, can't wait till we talk to him again, and he's like, "Oh yeah, by the way, the show was even bigger, we, we <laughs> better. We <laughs> two doubled. days, we doubled it, tripled it, maybe." Yeah. Well, that's, that's fantastic. The cool thing about it. Each year, we set us a goal. And not only do we surpass the goal, but, I mean, oh, knock on wood, not only we have surpassed our goals, we've blown it out of the water. And 11,000 is our record right now. That's outstanding. Uh, for, so. Well, let's so, push for more for that Yeah, next so time. folks, if you, can, if you can help Heroes for Kids, we will have a link in yep. the show notes. Yep. So awesome. check you. them out, and if you're able to, help them out. Yep. Awesome. Appreciate Thanks, it. Man. Thank you. Kind of get in here, like bring it in close. Just, yeah. love, love that mic, it's dirty old Gene. man. <laughs> Gene's showing off what a professional voice guy can do. That's right. We do have the voice, the voice. voice of Jumpmaster Press. Yeah, Mr. Gene. I guess you could say that. Yeah. I like it. How are well, y'all doing? You know, I mean, you're the voice. Kyle is the jokes. He's yes. the story man. Yes. I will. He is the jokes. I, uh, I will definitely agree with that. Yeah, he does have some interesting stories. Yes, yes. Uh, I'm in most of them. He, yes. yeah. he told us yeah. uh, one yesterday that you were in missing the drop zone. That's the one where we jumped at night. Yep. Uh, Kyle is the only person that's ever vanished in front of my eyes. <laughs> yeah, he, was he was standing there one second and literally right in front of me was, was like gone. gone. I was like, oh no. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good story though. But it's neat. I mean, guys, that have, folks that have listened to the show, they know because we're big fans of your business and what you guys do. And vice do, versa. So we, we are we big nerdy that. old men. So. We, we, yeah, that's true. We appreciate that. <laughs> so I know Jumpmaster's been busy. What, oh, what, yeah. what all's been happening? So uh, we we're 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 spreading. We're like a plague spreading out. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, we're across the country. We did a big road trip last year, and we went uh, all the way out to California. Wow! Uh, and we we hit stops along the way, kind of making friends and you know that thing. So it's all panning out next year, and we're actually starting next year's like convention series. In the great city, the thriving metropolis of Albuquerque, New Mexico. Nice. Weird Al wrote a song about Albuquerque. Uh, he, we, Weird Al did? Weird Al did. Yeah. Pretty sure, like, Lee Greenwood did. and uh, Albuquerque. Yeah. Lot, there's lots but, of Albuquerque. Yeah. But they asked us to come, and we we love to get out there. It's going to be a lot of fun. So we're kind of pushing out west now. Spread the westward on. expansion The west, westward expansion. Yes. Uh, we have an immediate, like, that's in January. And then, like, wow. the following weekend, we're in Palm Springs, California. And then we'll kind of work our way back. So yeah, starting was, off the uh, the year on the west starting coast, starting off the year of the, the west coast. Yeah, that's yeah. nice. Yeah, yeah. We're up to forty authors now. I think we signed six, five or six more authors. Wow! Since we talked to you guys last, fantastic authors from around the world. Uh, and we've got a, a bunch of new releases. I mean, it's just constant. It's just nonstop. We're at that point where I need to hire 10 people, but I can't afford to hire 10 people. You know what I mean? like, it's like, so, I need one guy to do 10 people's yeah, work. Right, exactly. I need one guy or one person to be like five. Now, you personally, you've come up with, well, out with something new recently, too, right? Did I remember uh, seeing that correctly? Yeah. I, I, so, hmm, 
I am a very slow writer, mm-hmm. and people yell at me all the time, hey, when's the next one coming out? When's the next one coming out? And I'm working on them, I promise you. I jump from like book to book to book. But I just, I just finished book one of a five-book series. Uh, and it's, uh, book one is the uh, kind of an origin story of a hero. Okay. And it's set in like feudal China, and it's a dragon fantasy. Uh, okay. It's called The Rise of Zhang Yi, and Zhang Yi is the Chinese word for justice. So it's the rise okay. of justice. Ooh. And the first review, like I got I have one review, right, on Amazon, because it just came out, and the first guy was like, someone call Marvel and tell them that we found their next big hero. Oh, wow. So I mean, that's a huge review for Well, that's me. a great it. one, right? <laughs> and it's, it's going to be a full five-book series, uh, and the, the next book is called The uh, Exile Prince. I'm working on it now. And it's going to be where, where the two main characters, one is a human, one is a dragon. Okay. Uh, they go into the dragon realm. So the story, the first story is here, and then the next story is there. Uh, and you're going so to learn all about Chinese mythology and the dragons and so on. Oh, that's and I put, a, I put a twist on it. I put my twist on it because, like, in, in Chinese mythology, they, they revere the dragon. Yes. The dragon is power. The dragon symbolizes this. But nobody ever talks about it from the dragon's perspective, right? So... In my story, to put a little levity in it, the dragons look at humans like we're just weird. You know, <laughs> like, like, well, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, right. So, yeah, like, like we we have to cook our food, and the dragons like, what are you talking about? Like, what? I don't even know what you mean. I just go and eat a cow. Yeah. yeah. So, like, there's some levity in there about how the dragons see He's us. He's trying to learn the human world. Well, the human. Well, the, when the human talks to the dragon, uh, there's some special things that happen to allow them to talk to each other. And the, and the human says things to the dragon that the dragon doesn't understand. Like, he says words like, you know, man and woman. And the dragon's like, I don't, what are you talking about? Like, why do you look like that? Look like what? This is what I always look like. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, the, to the dragon, they just don't, they don't yeah. think on our terms. They think on completely different terms. So the next book will go into the dragon realm. You're going to learn a lot about the dragons. And, and, and the, again, there'll be a little bit of comedy in there. But it's, it's really a, it's an origin story. It's a hero origin story. Uh, it's been really well received. And uh, I can't wait to get all through all the way through book five. So, yeah, that's yeah. gonna be fun. Go ahead, Abby. Um, how long has this taken? That's a really big, like, thorough idea. Well, yes, I do. I love research. So, part of what I do in, in my writing is I do as much research as I can. Like, I want to know what they ate in 1100 China. You know, what 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 do they live in in the 10 hundreds, if you will, right? How did they farm? How did, you know, what did they do? So, plus, I'm also, and I'm probably going to say something weird here, but I'm a giant kung fu movie fan. Like, I oh, love yeah. all the weird kung fu yes. movies with, like, flying and landing oh, on yeah, bamboo yeah. and all yeah. that. I, I love that stuff. I don't put that in. That's not in there. I want it to be as real as possible, but yes. it is a dragon fantasy. Uh, how long did it take? This was actually the most challenging book I've ever written, uh, mainly because I write so thoroughly I research so thoroughly and I I write really slowly and this one I had that deadline and we, I normally don't have deadlines because I mean I own the company you make your own deadlines yeah. Yeah. this yeah. one was actually started out with as a partnership with another publisher and we had a deadline and I forced myself I just had to like crank through it it doesn't mean the writing suffered. It just means that, like, I, I rushed. Like, I got this done as fast as I possibly could. Um, but, again, it's still kind of the way I write. It's slow. Well, so that, that was when I, thorough. I got my degree in history, and I, yeah. I love the research part. Like, writing yeah. paper, I was like, eh. But, like, I could spend just weeks oh, yeah. looking stuff up in the library. 
My Google search will put me on a flight no-fly list. I'm, like, <laughs> I, I'm Googling, like, how long does it take for a human to suffocate in the back of a car? Like, yeah. I just, like, how like, much fuel can you put into a Cessna? <laughs> like, like, there's, like, a, there's an office oh, yeah. in, the, in the basement where the X-Files was supposed yeah. to be at the yeah. FBI yeah. headquarters about it's, Gene. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. And you know he's sitting there yeah. going, what is he doing this now? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. They're like, what is he doing? Like, what? But you know what? When you when you do that kind of level of research, it gives it, it gives it more meat. It, 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 it really I agree. It, it's yeah. it's because um, sometimes you watch movies. Let's just take movies for an instant, and they don't do enough research into well, it, and you can you can tell. I, right. I know where you're going, with that Jay, because like I I love watching it with my buddies that are former military, and they're like. That's, that's wrong. wrong. That's, yeah, that's wrong. wrong. That's, that's wrong. wrong. Yeah. 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 It's yeah, like, well, he wouldn't have that patch there, and that's the wrong right. one. And yeah. you don't I can't hold watch cop shows for the same thing. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I'm like, me no, no. no. Be, my, me and mom will be binging like true crime and like SVU, yeah. and dad's like, oh, I just can't, no, they, I just can't watch this. That, that, that's fruit of a tainted tree. That won't go court. Why would you allow a cross draw? This is 2023. What are we doing? But it's the same thing with literature. It is. It is. You could read into it and go, this guy really didn't research that. So even if right. you don't know it, it doesn't feel right. So I started out writing science fiction like most people do, right? Because right. it's the thing you can just make up. None of it has to be real. And then I realized, I was like, wait a minute. I don't want to write science fiction. I want to write fictional science. Oh. So my first book is actually fictional science. The science in it is 100% true. The story is is the is the fiction part yeah, it's but like, like when you have things like this is actually how you would use it yeah it's like a historical fiction where all the history is true real yeah. people fictional events uh that's how i write I, I did that with my suspense thriller i did it with the sci-fi series and i've done it with this chinese dragon series so all the all the chinese mythology that's in this book is accurate is 100 percent accurate now i made up son of the dragon mythology yeah because it's i'm allowed to do that well that's your story nobody else has written that so i get to you know yeah so this is an interesting thing about writing is the fact that you you said right up front i've wrote one book it's going to be a five book series how do you how do you rationalize that how do you come to determine i'm going to take this overall arching Mm-hmm. story that I want to make and I'm going to break it down into five books. Is that, is that a business decision or is that a creative decision? That's a creative decision. 100% yeah. creative decision. If you're writing a book to make money, you just need to stop, stop writing. Right, right, right. Because right. you either have to be a Clinton or a Kardashian or be in the right place <laughs> at the right time <laughs> right. if you want to make money. Um, no, it, it's a creative thing. And, and what I do, there's, there's two, well, there's three really, but you can pants it, which is like write it by the seat of your pants, which is what most people start off doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you can, or you can plot it. And I became a plotter where everything has an You've outline and I know down, oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly what. And then what I do is I don't like to write series. I like to write spinoffs. So I'll uh, take, uh, it's a very Jack Reacher kind of mentality where I'll take the same characters and put them in different s- stories, but they don't tie together. So you can pick up book three and read it. Excuse me, read so, it and go, oh, wow, that's a great story. Let me go back to book one. It's kind of like it. the old serial movies where you didn't have to know what happened in the last one. It's Correct. Just, it's just this is the adventure, go. Right, exactly. But I do, some of them, like, they're Easter eggs in there. So, okay. So you, some of them will tie in the, the books together so they're in the same universe. Like, oh, that's what that... Right, meant, that yeah. writing on the wall. Meant, With time or, travel, you can have fun where you know you're reading book one, but you're actually reading parts of book two. You just don't know until you read book two. Right, and then you have to have that one book one for reference, and you look at it and you go, "Oh my god!" And there it is. Yeah, there. And you know, <laughs> I never knew that. You, um, you but, write a book so much that you that the readers have to research the book. Yeah. <laughs> that's really so cool, though. You laugh, but I have people texting me and sending me messages, and they're like, "I I went and I researched every in one of my books, the suspense thriller." You can literally go to Google Earth and 
every single street corner, every address, every building that's referenced, every, everything is real. You can follow the story all the way as they circumnavigate the globe because everything is real. Every street, yeah. every turn, every highway, you can pinpoint it on Google Earth. That's the level of detail where wow. you don't have to make it up. People are, like, right people are like, oh, I want to see what it looks like at the human genetics lab in Nairobi, Kenya. Boom, there it is. Yeah, because well, there's been times it's yeah. like the continuity errors, in, in, yeah. especially like movies or stuff. It's like, wait a minute, why did they go left? They have to go right. You, you can't yeah. go that way. That's Yeah, and that's the fun. Like for me, as, as, as the creator of these things, that's the fun part for me. Now, writing sci-fi, right, I can make up whatever I want. You know, nobody's going to Google what the streets look like on planet Xenon. I mean, right. nobody knows. You know, <laughs> I can make up that stuff. But so back to your question. Uh, this one I always knew was going to be a longer series mm-hmm. uh, because I, I wanted to write. And what happens is one line out of the out of the story usually leads you to the next book and the next oh, okay. book and the next right, book right, because right. a lot of a lot, you know if you sit down to write a standalone and then somebody somebody comes in and goes well I really loved that or you know in in this case a lot of people came and said because it became our bestseller hey this is a really good story when are you going to write the next one and I was like. Ah, well, you know, there isn't going to be a next one because yeah. um, I, I they're for, for different reasons. But then there's that one line. It's like, oh, you know, I can write an entire story about that can, one line in the it. book, and and then write a spinoff, and it just and it just goes and goes and goes. That yeah, that's just that's that the never creative make, thing is just never so make cool. creative decisions for business reasons. Make yes. business decisions for business reasons. Yeah, that's that's, that's yeah. good stuff. So uh, you, you've been hired. You've you've signed several more authors. Many, yes. many more authors. It, it, Get a sneak peek of something, you know, anything kind of, oh you know, just some kind of. Oh my goodness, on, you know? we we have more mysteries coming. We have a lot more fantasy. We've almost doubled. I remember, like three years ago, when when it was, we had probably I don't know, eight or ten authors, and they were like, "Do you guys have any fantasy?" And we're like, "You know, we're really light on fantasy. We now have four full bookshelves of fantasy. Nice. We have multiple series, and it's just the out the writers that we sign." Because we hold them to a certain standard to you know to, to publish their work, their next book is better, and their next book after that's better. We just keep publishing those people, and every August, right now, what is it, August twelfth? Yep. Right now, for the rest of the month, if you're going to play this in August, I hope yep. you are. It'll if be not, mon- Monday. Yeah. If not, delete yeah. this part yeah, out. I got you. <laughs> Now's our open submissions. So if there's somebody listening who's like, you know, I thought about submitting to a publisher, or I haven't gotten a bunch of rejection letters, now's your chance. Just send go go. Just send an email to info at Jumpmaster Press. We are only open for submissions one month out of the year. The rest yeah. of them are all agents and so on. But this is the month for us to find that diamond in the rough. And I highly recommend anybody who's got. The story written, right? The story written. Uh, speculative fiction, no poetry, no erotica, you know, nothing with any, like, over foul language or sexual content. Send it in because you might be the next Stephen King. You might be the next great horror writer or the next great sci-fi writer. And unless you take that leap and believe in yourself and take that step and send it in, I'm, we're not. We're never going to send you a rejection that it says you're terrible, hang it up. But right. you will offer criticism. And, well, I don't want to say criticism, but critique. So, so what uh, we do is a lot different than most publishers because, I mean, we're going to get, this month alone, we'll probably get 100, maybe 110 uh, submissions from just blind submissions. Yep. At a, at a regular publisher, those go, in, those go just file 13. Nobody, nobody reads those. We actually edit the first three chapters or the first couple pages of every single one of them to let them know where they are. Because our philosophy is we want to work with those authors to get them to a point where we're ready to publish and, and they get to reach their dreams. 
Now, sometimes it doesn't work out. Sometimes, you know, we, we, they, they hate us because we don't, didn't take their book right off the bat. Yeah. And, and they weed themselves out of the pack. But right. most of the time, they're like, wow, thank you for editing this. I'd love to come to one of your seminars and learn how to be a writer. Look, guys, everybody around this table could be a good storyteller. You could all tell a good story, but you have to learn how to be a writer. Like, that's why my first book took seven years. My second one took six months. Because I learned a whole lot in the seven years yeah, yeah. of how to be a writer, not just a great storyteller. Right. I'm sorry. I said great storyteller. I should just say storyteller. Just it's, story, your, yeah. it's your decision whether well, it's, it's good great or not. Or not. Yeah. So, you, you know, one more thing for me is you said you've got a lot of science fiction, you've got a lot of fantasy, you got some mystery stuff. Is there a genre that you guys haven't tackled with an author that you may... Dang it, Chad, you, you took my yeah, question. That, that, that sorry, something like you, you would like to add to Jumpmaster Press's um Right now, stock? we have such a great catalog of, of varying genres. Now, we, the subgenres within fantasy, mm-hmm. I mean, we have everything from a Norse fantasy, think Lord of the Rings with Vikings, to the dragon fantasies. We now have three dragon fantasy stories. We have a, a dragon romantic comedy. So these are all in, within fantasy. We have a gunslinger fantasy. Nice. We have Camelot's children's descendants fantasy. We have dragons and fairies. We have all kinds of stuff. So from the from the basic genres, I would say no. We're we're really well covered in like thrillers and and murder mysteries and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of stuff I you know we we choose not to print. Yeah, uh, that we're just we're just not looking for. But you never know. Like yeah. I ran into a guy, I ran into a guy a couple months ago, and his story is about genetically modified basketball playing lemurs. Okay. okay. And I was All like, right. rock on, man. Yeah, I mean, somebody out there is going to want to read that book. Tell, you know? tell me what you got. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, so, that's that's you good know, stuff. It, it, look, everybody's got their own story to tell, and 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 we all go through the same thing. Like, hey, here's my story. Here's my first rough draft. You're welcome, world. Where's my million-dollar check? Yeah. Right. And that's just not the reality. The reality, like everything else. If There's you wanna, a grind to it. Yeah. If you want to become a professional at it, you've got to learn those skills. Like, I mean – Every great author goes through the same thing. Very few of them picked up a pen when they were three and wrote the next great novel. I mean, they yeah. learn how to do it. That's uh, that's true. It's like anything else. So, <clears throat> again, I know Kyle did it uh, earlier in this episode, but tell us how people can find out everything about Jumpmaster Press. Just go to jumpmasterpress.com. It's all, all one word, Jumpmaster. People say it's three words, but it's jumpmasterpress.com. You can find us on Facebook. Just search Jumpmaster Press at Jumpmaster Press. We're on every social media you could possibly think of, uh, even the new X. New X. We're on <laughs> X, baby. So, uh, and Kyle mentioned you guys are going to a bunch of different places. So, oh yeah, uh, w- your f- social media is a good place to find out where you guys are going to be at you a con, to, right? If you go to JumpmasterPress.com, there's an events yes link. Click on events, and it has all of the logos and where we're going to be and what authors are going to be there. Th- that's what I was about to yep. say because at, at a lot of your shows, you bring in. I mean, oh, other yeah, than we, you and Kyle who write, who write for you yourself, did also it again. We, we, we fly them all across <laughs> yeah, the country, man. Yeah, we, or, we or, I mean, you, you bring in, and then you got some some other yep. authors that you signed to become. So this weekend we had uh, CS Devereaux here. She's from. Uh, where is she from? She's from, I'm going to say Georgia. She's probably from Tennessee. She's from Chattanooga. That's right. There She's from Chattanooga. Chattanooga. Several yeah, in Georgia. Close. But, I mean, we, we have, uh, you know, we, uh, our guy from Argentina comes in. Uh, we, have, uh, we have one of our authors in, in England. In fact, two in, in England, one outside of London, one in northern England. Um, but uh, we're, we're going to get out there. We're going to go. We're going to fly over to England, do some cons with them. That's oh, awesome. Wow. I mean, we're, like, we're, we're getting there. Like I said, I need to hire 10 people. So 
you know, you hire already hired your daughter, so yeah. I mean, I can't hire her. <laughs> oh no, a, you can never be our publicist. <laughs> she's doing a great job with you guys. I got two more in the wings. Yeah. 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 They're currently in training. Um, yes. Actually, yeah. yes. Yeah. training. training yeah. Yes. Hire your replacement. That's, there you that's go. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, and then when, like next, I guess when this airs on Monday, that following weekend, uh, uh, we will be in uh, Shreveport, Louisiana. And then three weeks after that, we're going to be down in St. Augustine, Florida, for Ancient City Con. Nice. And we're going to be with, and this I'm going to I'm going to name drop, name drop, uh, do Ancient it. City Con. It's at the World Golf Resort. It's a fantastic convention. Uh, Jumpmaster Press is going to be sitting right next. We have Armin Shimmerman. We're flying yes. him in from L.A. Uh, we're also with um, uh, uh, Jeffrey Combs. Okay. Who played Wayune yep. and he played Shran and Enterprise, and he's yep. been he's been in a ton of stuff. He'll be where this, and then J.G. Hurst will be there as well. General Martok, uh, nice. he did a bunch of other characters, but also from Deep Space Nine. So we have three of the Deep Space Nine guys all coming in. That's right so there with Chum cool. Master Frost. It's gonna be a lot of fun. That's great, Gene. Thanks for coming by and hanging out with us again. I mean, you, you're one of our buddies, and, and, and we really appreciate. It. We actually met you. I noticed you stopped recording disc. when you tell me how great I am. That's, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 you're my buddy, but I'm gonna put that on the table. Yeah. You know, we met you guys at this con last year, and it's been yeah. great running into you guys all over the place all the time. Yeah, this so, was a fun one last year. This is, a, you know, this is a, a great, now they got a new venue. I mean, yep. uh, you know, it's, it's, it's nice. this, this is a growing convention. So, folks, everybody go to jumpmasterpress.com, jumpmasterpress.com. Check out all their stuff. they got so much there that you're going to have to spend some time to go through it. Grab something, and you'll keep getting more and more stuff from because they're outstanding. And y'all like and share this podcast. Nerdy old men. Come yes, on. Yes, sir. All right. right. Thanks, man. How's that sound? Does it sound all right to you, sir? Hey, 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 I'm yeah. here. Yeah, One, two, three, yeah, I'm right. up, and I'm the stuff. <laughs> That's right. Guys, I, I'm, I'm geeking out here because yes. I'm a big wrestling yes, fan. Yes, we are. And, and I watched this man hurt a lot of people. I love it. <laughs> he made them, he pinned them. One, two, three, middle of the ring every time. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Marcus Buff Bagwell That's is it. in the house. That's it. Buff Daddy himself. Thanks for taking time to to talk with us. I know it's it's been a crazy weekend. It has been. I, I've never done this con before. Is this a, is, how many times is Smoky Mountain been? I, I this think is this fourth, if is I'm it not that mistaken. Many? But it, it was in a much smaller venue in a very before. Smaller. This is a much better venue. Yeah. Okay, but, yeah, this, this is my first, I think, of coming to this one. And um, and just, it's a really good turnout, though. I think it's really good. Um, it's a good, it's a good, um, a lot of talents here. I mean, like, from Scott Ennis with, you know, the Scooby-Doo and um, you know, Clint Howard. I mean, there's just a range of people, wrestlers. Oh, yeah. You know, Buff Bagwell's here. I mean, um, there's like some, you know, some a lot of good variety. You know, yeah, it's pretty good. Lurch stuff. is here. Lurch is here, <laughs> Lurch which was awesome. Man. Yeah, I saw him in there eating a hamburger or something yesterday, oh, and I was my, like, hey, that's my really cool. They they were running around yesterday, and they sent me a picture, and they're like, look who's eating with us. And he was sitting <laughs> behind them, you know, and they were they had a little geek out moment because their little friend that was with them, Jessica. They, she wanted to meet him, so they yeah. all walk up there. Yeah, you know, cool. so you oh, got, that's great. You've yeah. got, like, these 12-year-olds that go up there. And, <laughs> and this and, giant man. Well, they're yeah. just like, <laughs> Jessica goes, I'm a big fan of yours. And then Kaylee's like, there was just a really awkward silence because nobody knew what to say. <laughs> right. he's, got, he's a quiet guy. Yeah, so yeah. You know. Let me ask you a couple things real quick, sure. man. What was – my first real introduction into wrestling was the Monday Night Wars time, right. okay? And we've done a, a few ex- episodes about uh, different eras of wrestling thing. How, what was it like living through that that era of wrestling? It was it was crazy, man. I mean, you got to realize, at, as Marcus Bagwell at uh, in the early 1990s, we actually would do our TV tapings at a place called Center Stage in Atlanta. And 
it was a venue for about 500 people would sit in it, but it was a great venue because the 500 people looked like it was 10,000 people. It really was very, very, a very good way to shoot TV because it was just a good, a good audience, a good, a good view for the cameras, and it was a great building. But we would go outside, and I would sit on the curb with our with our bosses. I mean, our our like talent people that would take care of the shows and the the tickets and the 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 guys that were trying to sell tickets for us. You know, yeah. And we would literally sit there and try to give away free tickets to come watch us wrestle really? because we couldn't get nobody to come in and charge them because it was during the week and, and we needed we needed a crowd there just to sit in the audience so we could tape a, a, a wrestling show and I, you know when you look back at it you don't you don't realize how that happens but literally out of the audience that got in for free we had to hire actors and actresses to go in and out of commercial break so somebody had all their teeth. Really? Yes. So there wow. was there was people in the audience that were paid to be there that had their whole teeth so we could go in and out of commercial break to shoot a pro wrestling show. Wow. Yes. Wow. So they were getting paid. Time, yes, it was a different time. And to see that happen all the way from that to 100,000 people paying to get in to chant my name was a pretty good ride. Yeah, I bet and, that was. And I was there to watch it. It what, was crazy. What was that like when you, you know, you're sitting, I, I don't know if WCW called it the gorilla <laughs> position, but you know, you're yeah, in gorilla. The, yeah, exactly. The, the go position. You're, you're right behind the curtain. Yes. And ring announcer calls your name. Yeah. They hit your music. What is it like <laughs> when you step through the curtain well, let me really paint the visual for you. I have my top hat. I have my warm-up band. I have a towel, uh, like a little small specific size hand towel, and a cup. Um, those, the sequence of things that happens at the go position would be warm-up with my warm-up band. Okay. Get that put, pump in. Get the pump on. Dry my face off, dry my hands off, pee in the cup, and then go. Really? Go with yes. Wow. Every, every <laughs> single time. So I'm peeing backstage 99% of the time that my Buff Daddy music came on. Really? And <laughs> I would finish it up and go out the curtain. Nice. <laughs> Here I come, Buff Daddy. Oh, yeah. Well, you brought such an energy when you, I mean, when you came out. I mean, yes. You were. I was out, You bro. were out there. It How was out. How much of that was you, and how much of that was Buff? It was it was all me. I mean, That's just right. you know, I mean, to I was searching for Buff the whole time. I mean, you just don't know how to find and portray it on camera. And everybody just tries to like Ric Flair. He's like he's like Ric Flair. He's you just turn you turn yourself up as far as you can okay and that is the you know the woo and the jet riding jet flying limousine riding you know and me doing the strut and the posing and all that you just you just turn yourself up as as far as you can and to make it realistic and that's that's your character and Mine was looking in the camera. Oh, I was fixing to say, because you, you would look and you would talk straight to the camera. You'd get in the ring and you would yeah. hit the pose, drop down on one knee, and you're talking I, to the camera I'd the whole time. I'd point at it. I'd be yeah. like, look at me. You know, I'm like, are you kidding? Look at me. 
nuts. And I would just, and I never wrote down anything to say. You just went with what? I just went with whatever was on my mind, you know? I mean, I just, there wasn't no planned uh, what I was going to say or anything. I mean, like, there was several times I got out there and just, just ad-libbed it. One of the funniest things I've ever seen myself do was I was wrestling Glacier one night. Okay. And it, it was a big deal because I was beating Glacier, and Glacier was going to be a, a big star for us. But was this right after he got the like the snow the thing? Snow came machine. Down and that, all that. that snow machine was a hundred thousand oh, dollars. Wow. Really? And all of a sudden, Buck wow. Bag was beating Glacier, and it's yeah. like, you know, God's kind of bad. It wasn't a good thing for a Glacier. Yeah. That he's losing to so because it was really going to be a big deal. Those guys were, and and they wasn't. They wasn't panning out. So it didn't work. So I'm beating him, and I go out there and do some kind of karate thing <laughs> that I didn't plan on doing, but it just humiliated him. Oh no! And but again, that's but that's what I did. It was if you if I saw something I can make fun of, and I did my I did my I can do your eye. I can't yep. do it anymore. Yeah, 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 my, yeah, yeah. my biceps are torn, but you can do your eye like a like a. He had a contact in. Yeah. And I did my hand, and I went, and I just made. <laughs> And it was hilarious, but at his, at his, it, it murdered him though. Oh, but, it, no, yeah, but yeah. I didn't care. You buried him, but it put you over. It put me over. So it, it just was what it was. I mean, I, I, I love Ray Ray Lloyd. I love him, yeah. but it was just time to for me to shine. And but it just. It is my character chopped heads off, man. It was pretty vicious. Well, I can remember it was one of those things. It, it was your character because I remember like. Marcus Bagwell. Yeah, Marcus. You know, like the Marcus old Bagwell, 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 Rookie of the Year. Yeah. I remember that. Like, and then it's like, because I know you and, and Scott Steiner, had, you know, we're training together. Right, stuff, right. And you guys would play off each other. Right. And there was a lot of one, because Scotty would come out and, oh, yeah. and do the arm thing, and you would drop that, and you'd throw both of yeah, them. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Yeah, that's out. And it was a real, that was a tough thing, because I was there to make Scotty look, you know, yeah, better of course. Mm-hmm. I was, I'm the manager, so I had to, I had to take some light, but I had, I had to make sure the light was on the big man. Yeah, because he was, I was the manager, and I had broke my neck. You know, is what happened. I broke my neck in 1998, and when I broke my neck, when I came back, I they didn't know what to do with me because my neck was broke. Man, so I couldn't wrestle for ten months. So I had to. They had they wanted to put me on TV, so I did. They put me and Scotty together, but I knew my role. You know, yeah. I, had to, I had to. I couldn't take all the light. But I was also getting in real good shape, and so I got real lean and ripped, you know. And uh, so it was the competition kind of started on accident, really. But it got ugly before it was over, you know. But it was just just the dynamic. Yeah, you on TV. I bet. It, I mean, it was like the camera just oh. like loved you, dude. Though. I loved the camera. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, when you uh, you talked earlier, like you said that you just turned yourself up wide now, open. Now, I I think that. When, when I'm watching wrestling and, and, and some all the wrestling, is that the guys and the girls that are the most successful and the most appealing are probably those that don't create the character as much as they just turn it up. Yeah, turn I really, up. yeah, I really believe it's 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 not easy to it's not easy to do. I mean, it's I mean, um, if it was easy to do, there would be a bunch of stars, I think. But right. also keep in mind, you can't look at the last the last year of me wrestling. There was, to my knowledge, there was never a time you didn't see me walk out and look in the camera. Right. Well, take that, you're, you're Buff Bagwell, and you walk out, and you point the camera, you talk directly in the camera, and then all of a sudden, you go to the WWF, and they hire you, 
and you're backstage at the go position with your top hat, your band, your little peacup, and your towel, and you're ready to go. Yeah. And Shane McMahon pops up and goes, hey, don't look in the camera. What? I went, Shane, that's all I do. That's my thing. That, that, I that said, I look character. in the camera, I pose, and I, and I do a pretty good wrestling match. I go, that's my gimmick. He goes, if you look in the camera, you're fired. Wow. What? Hey, music hits. I'm looking around what for do I do? some eyewitness that can see Shane McMahon telling me this. And guess what set of eyes I see? None. Oh. And I went, this ain't good. So music, go. So when you watch me come out, the WWF, very first match ever, the Invasion match, which, by the way, was in Tacoma, Washington, 5,000 miles away from Atlanta, and Atlanta was seven days later. Oh, now, why you would put that match 5,000 miles away and call it the Invasion, when we're going to invade Atlanta in seven days? Right. Not quite sure, but we did. So I come walking out, do my whole thing, and don't look in the camera. <laughs> Man. Buff Bagwell was completely out of his element. I didn't know what to do. And the match supposedly was horrible, everybody thinks. The match wasn't great or even good, but there was nothing wrong technicality-wise. But the rumor was I got fired for a bad match, which to me was ridiculous, but humans believed it. I go, guys, let's say it was a horrible match. How do you fire Buff back over one bad match? Right, with, with, with a multitude not, of positive it's stuff. It's yeah. well, Come just, on, listen to what you're saying. But, they, but people believed well, it. It was like for 83 weeks. We were number one. We were destroying the WWE. Destroying. And I can remember, they used to make fun of me because I was in college, you know, and they'd say, oh, you're watching your man soap opera. I'm like, shut up, I'm watching her wrestling. You know, right. let me watch. <laughs> Dude, but it was, I we was back and it. forth, and Nitro was an extra, it was three hours. Oh, yeah. And everybody I liked was on there, you know, because the WWF, still WWF to me. I'm, me too. I, I hate it. I hate it. Right. Do you know why it's the WWE? The World Wildlife yeah. Federation. Yes. Uh, yeah. They got into A lot of people it, don't think, I'm thinking, I said this yesterday out loud, and it blew my mind hearing it, but you got to realize WCW went away and the WWF went away at the same, same time. time. Holy moly. You know, I That's had not thought about that. Of, when I said it out loud, I went, I don't know how many people ain't put that together. The WWF and the WCW was over at the same time. Well, see, this is when I, wow. I started losing interest in wrestling because crazy. the way over. They, the way that because I was a big WCW, I was the NWA guy. Because you know we we got TBS right. when we first oh got God. cable when I was a kid. Well, I could watch you know Ric Flair and Dusty Rhodes for an hour on yeah. regular TV. Dusty Rhodes hired me thirty four years ago. Did really? Oh yeah. What was Dusty like? I just got to ask. He was, he, he, was he, he was like great. what he was on TV? Just he was the, exactly I'm going to get like funky that. like a monkey. I mean, he <laughs> called us, hey, Marcus, baby, look at those pretty teeth. Your teeth are so pretty. God, you're so pretty. I got to hire you today. I said, well, please do. Let's hire me right now. And we did. I saw a picture one time. And I, I, I don't know the backstory, but it was a picture. But Andre the Giant and Dusty Rhodes are in the bathroom taking a whiz. And Dusty has reached over and grabbed Andre by the butt. On the butt. <laughs> I mean, because I was like, was that's that, how Dusty was. was that, that's just how oh, he was. He was. He was just. He was such a character, man. I mean, those guys. You know, 
to be in a pro wrestler locker room at the age of 20 and survive like I did, nobody really ever gives anybody credit for something like that. But I'm going to tell you, it's just a big boy sport, man. I mean, that's, that's the toughest locker room in the world. And you walk in it looking like I did at 20 and you survive. That's crazy, bro. Stone Cold dumped water on my head in the shower every day for two years. Really? Every single day. And every single time I came out of that bathroom whistling and drying off like nothing ever happens. Kind of like jumping in sort of a thing? They wanted me to sell it so bad. And I never sold it. And if you sold it, they were going to keep on. But if you don't sell, they usually quit. Well, they try to override me by thinking, we're going to make him sell this. And they never, never saw did. me snap. Never. Nice. And then finally, they accept you. You get the respect of but the boys. Bro, and- that ride is awful tough. But, I'm, but I made it. And the prettier you are, or the, best, the better you are at anything, the longer that takes. <laughs> <laughs> and it took me a while. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. thought Sting had lost his mind driving with me. Really? <laughs> oh, and he loved me. They were like, what are you doing with Bagwell? <laughs> was he one of the guys that kind of like, just, here, let me let me just take you under my wing he, a little not bit? Not even under the wing. We were like equals, and he loved me. Okay, so he, we, he, we, he I was, treated we you were, as an equal? Oh, yeah. But, I mean, I treated him like he was Sting because he was. Yeah. But he treated me like like I, we were we were we were best friends. And, and But, I mean, they thought he had lost his mind. They go, what are you doing? And he's like, what do you mean? He goes, Bagwell's cool. We go, Bagwell's an idiot. What are you doing? They're like, they thought he they just really thought he lost his mind. And he loved me though, man. We had a great relationship, but he he was a he really helped me a lot. We didn't know it, but by him accepting me really helped me in my career a lot. But um, but even on TV with him saving me and all the rookie of the year stuff, it helped me a lot. But in the locker room, he saved my life by taking me in. And it wasn't like I wish I was smart enough to go, hey, Sting, you take me in, and that'll get everybody else to, yeah, to like me. Yeah. But it wasn't like that. It was just he liked me anyway, and, and, you know, it was just really a great, great friendship. But they thought he had lost his mind. <laughs> <laughs> After that uh, uh, locker room initiation, would you say that you guys, uh, was it easy to become a brotherhood? Yeah, it, it wasn't easy, but it, it just took a, it took a while, man. I mean, it was just a tough, a lot of, a lot of great, cool, good-looking bodybuilder cats that, you know, was a lot of egotistical maniacs, but if you got through that check mark, you know, you were you were accepted in. Yeah, you know, it was it was a, it was a very tight brotherhood that re, that remains, but it's one it's an awful tough one to get into. That's awesome. Yeah, it yeah, was. That's it was great. Great. That's some you great know insight. Yeah, I I uh, I know I can't go through this without saying so I'm I'm looking into it. Are you really? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's great. I'm, well, how old are you? I'm 20. Okay, well, I'm training my niece right now. Oh, awesome. Yeah, so yeah. she's 35. Okay. Now, she had three kids and all that, but, I mean, again, you know, that's older, but it's not too old. I mean, Diamond Dallas Page was 36. Right. right. And yeah. I was going up against him for Rookie of the Year. Well, I remember uh, nice. he drove his Cadillac. For Honky Tonk Man for that's WrestleMania. Right. That's right. That Barry, you of, are a fan. He is. He's the man. Well, let me tell you this. Do you know 
Diamond Dallas Page is who came up with the flick of the toothpick by for, Scott For Hall. Razor Mont, yeah. The, the, the commercial, the promo they were doing, they both had toothpicks. And he said, you you should get it, and he's because he's doing the whole machismo. Yeah. Right, he's doing he, the whole, right. And he goes, you ought to flip it at the camera. Well, what they're going to do is, is he was he was the manager for the Diamond Stud. Mm-hmm. You know, the, Scott Hall's name was the Diamond, Diamond Stud. Stud. Yeah. And Dallas was Diamond Dallas Page, and at the end of their promo, they're going to have a, a toothpick in during the promo. And at the end of the promo, they were going to flick the, the thing at the camera. That's what Dallas Page thought of for Scott and him to do. As they were doing the promo, Dallas just falls out, and Scott Hall flicks it in the camera at the end. And, it and, was, it was just, and that oh, was it. Man. That was it. Yeah. History. It's, it's usually it. the little man, things like that is. that you guys hit on. Yeah. And it's like, sometimes they're their throwaway things like Arn Anderson. They were doing an interview with the Horseman, and he he holds up four fingers. And he yeah. says, "Not since the Four Horsemen of the yeah. Apocalypse has there been a group of guys." The next week at taping, it's everywhere. All the guys are four, four, and, four yeah. and, the horsemen, yeah. and they're yeah. like, "Arn, what did you do?" And he's yeah, like, I don't know. Did, it just yeah. became a thing. Did you have an experience like that? Something that that you did, and then like the next week you saw saw it in the crowd. The, the thing that I did that I thought was was kind of like that would have been. Um, you know the pose I do with the, the, with the, yeah. the point was a big thing, but the one that I really did that was with the fans didn't do it, but it was the boys, the the, the strut I would do mm-hmm. when I came out. Yes, I I did that in Baltimore, Maryland at a, at a at a house show. Okay, and this is when the boys, the talent, they they had knew before the fans did on how great this buff character could have is going to be. Right? Yeah, and they were watching it transform transpire right before their eyes and they're like man this is back when you really got something here you know so the boys i mean jim duggins to to rick flair's to lex luger's were coming to the curtain watching buff back on the ring during a, a house show nice and and i got to the back and everybody's laughing and high-fiving me and sting goes what was that that dance you did you got to do that every time and i go what what dance he goes, <laughs> he goes you know you know that dance you did and i go i don't know what you're talking about so I had to watch Dallas Page would record all the matches to get better at yeah. it. Yeah. And I had to watch it back and see what I did. And then you're having to recreate and it. And imitate it. Yes. That's I, so I cool, just, though. In, in, my, in my vision of just doing it, I just did the action. But it was just in the moment in you my, just did that. It was just that. in me. I didn't, I didn't see it. I, didn't, I just did that movement, and it made it the buff strut thing. It was my whole character. Man. Crazy. That's Crazy. that's some good story. It is good stuff. And, and we we really appreciate you taking the time. Man, I appreciate you guys. Path. I love. I can talk about this stuff all day. Yeah. Oh, I can oh, listen, we listen to it all day. <laughs> I love you know, it. Just one more thing, man, because really, my daughter Abby is is very interested in that. She's a journalism major at UT, and she's uh, saving up to go to a wrestling school after yeah. she graduates. What school are you going to go to? Uh, I was looking at Nightmare Factory and then JPWA. So McDonough, Georgia. Yeah. Well, that's right where I, I live in Marietta, oh, like yeah. thirty minutes from there. Okay. So, so if somebody uh, was like her that was looking at something like that is a big dream what kind of suggestions would you give i would say you know if i've been asked this you know 20 years ago i'd have told somebody not to do it i'd been like look don't don't do this it's not it's very hard it was the wcw and it was the wwf even ecw guys it was it was barely going to make it it was two companies you can make a living at this and now there's still only two companies like that but there's 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 30 you can make money at. Mm-hmm. I mean, make a, a living, a career at it. Right. So I still would say get some kind of schooling. Um, you know, I would get some kind of, I would go to college. I'd go to college if it was me. 
journalism, whatever it may be, I get some kind of um, schooling to know you could do something and then go for it and you have something to fall back on. I had nothing to fall back on and most wrestlers don't. They go for it and if if it makes it, they make it. If they don't, they don't. It's always better just to have something to fall back on, and then you got nothing to lose. So uh, it's 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 a big it's a big hard business to break into. It's very tough, and now because there's more, there's a lot more people trying. When I was on TV at 20 years old, there wasn't nobody 20 doing it. Now there's a bunch of 20 people doing it. You know, like the what was it? Kowal- Kilder Kowalski had a, a school. Yeah, um, I know the WCW had the power plant. Power plant, but see, a lot of Buddy people- Rogers or uh, not Buddy Rogers, uh, Buddy Parker. Yeah, Buddy Sarge Parker. Was, Sarge, Sarge was running it. Sarge was running it, and him and Jody Hamilton, and and again, there wasn't even a name of a school when I was a rookie. There was it, people saying, "Oh, you went to the power plant." There wasn't a power plant. Who who'd you train was, under? I trained under a guy named Steve the Brawler Lawler. He's an independent guy that I found in North Georgia, and a guy named Joe Pettisino was the head of a Channel 69. It was called North Georgia Wrestling, and he was married to a lady named Bonnie Blackstone, and they ran a show, a little rinky-dink show. Now, the Bonnie Blackstone name sounds familiar. She was a really pretty blonde that was married to Joe Pettisino, and you would never know they were married because Joe was 500 pounds, a great guy, but you wouldn't put them together. She was a knockout blonde. That was best friends with Missy Hyatt and Missy Hyatt, who Jim got me Cornette, in the business. That's where I know that name from. Yeah. Okay. And uh, Missy Hyatt, who got me in the business. Oh, really? So awesome. Missy and Bonnie were together. I was a massage. I was a licensed massage therapist at 18 years old. Dang. I gotta tell this story right quick. Good. Uh, oh, my yeah. parents. My parents were filthy rich growing up. So my senior year, they went broke though. Um, so my parents had a lumber company that we were all going to work for the lumber yard. Me and okay. two brothers. <laughs> And we were rich. We were going to be rich, and no doubt about it, the rest of our lives, we were that rich. Right. All of a sudden, 1988 comes, my senior year, and we're going broke. My parents are like, you know, we're going broke, we're going to do. So what do you guys want to do? Well, my oldest brother wanted a gym. My middle brother wanted to be in the drywall company. And I am 18. I don't know what I want to do. So I want to do some kind of sports something. So I thought, why not maybe be in a sports trainer? Again, we are going to work for my brother. We are going to work for my father at the lumber company. Mm-hmm. So grades didn't matter to my parents or us. I went to school to play ball. Okay. So I graduated with a 1.8 grade point average. Ooh. Horrible. So where do you go with a 1.8 grade point average trying to do something in school? You don't go very far. So I found the quickest way to do something I wanted to do was to get a degree in at least massage therapy. Okay. That was one thing you had to take care of to be a sports trainer. So I, I did that first, and I graduated number one in my class at the Atlanta School of Massage in 1988. I took a 10-month class. So I'm, I was a licensed massage therapist. The first woman came in to get a massage by me, saw me, and turned around and walked out. Oh and I went, what's, what what's, what's, what going I said, what's up? What's going on? And she goes, there's no way you're going to touch me. I go, what do you mean? She goes, my husband would kill me. I may, I may have some fat on my back. I may have, I heard it all, brother. To this day, I've massaged professionally two women in two years. Really? <laughs> Swear to God. So in that two years, wasn't that long, about a year and a half. In that year and a half of trying to make massage work and what am I going to do, I'm at the pool one day and Missy Hyatt sees me in Kennesaw, Georgia, 
and comes to my room. My, I was engaged to be married, but she had to move me, move her in next door to me because they didn't know I was with a woman. So she moved next door to to court me or whatever. She was look. She was moving in next to that good looking guy right there. I want to live next door to him. <laughs> so they, the girl with her, the agent, didn't know I was uh, engaged to be married. So they moved her in next door to me. So that night she knocks on my door. I open the door. She goes, oh, hey, this is my fiance Tanya. <laughs> hey, Missy. And she introduced herself. She's like, hey, your husband needs to be a, a pro wrestler. I said, those guys don't make no money. And she goes, well, our lowest paid guy makes about $100,000 a year. And I said, sit down here and tell me more. How about this wrestling business? So, long story short, brother, 34 years later, here I am. But Missy Hyatt Missy got Hyatt me. Missy Hyatt got that's you right. and Dusty Missy, Rhodes hired you. Miss, that's right. Wow. That's, exactly. that's great. And that order. <laughs> and it happened quick, bro. From the day she told me you can be a pro wrestler, a year and a half, I was signed at WCW. Wow. It was a lot of luck happened there and a lot of hard work, too. Yeah. But but in a year and a but half, I was there. it is better to be lucky than Absolutely. good. Absolutely. Most of the time, it is. Nice. <laughs> Buff the stuff. Thank you guys the so Neural much. Man podcast, man. Thank you so much Enjoyed for taking it. the time. It yes. was fantastic. And good luck, Abby. Oh, thank, thank you. Yes. Thank you. Good so luck. Yeah. Thanks. That's the announce table. It, it could I happen, which I would have been all right with. That would have been funny. I'll go ask. Abby, go ask Buff Bagwell no, if he will powerbomb your dad through the announce table here. Smoking <laughs> <laughs> Mountain Fan Fest. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't this the one you got signed? This one is, yes. You we don't, don't, we don't, don't want to wreck that, wreck well, that then, one. Then no. we can just take the legs off of it and hang it on the wall. Not if it's Every. crushed. <laughs> <laughs> What's that signature? Yeah. <laughs> that's uh, the, that's well, folks, the back it, of Chad's head. That's yes, line. yes. You will recognize the voice. It's Mark from Tollguard. Hey, buddy. Hey, hey how's man. It going? Yeah. Good, 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 good. We, you know, running towards the end of this thing. I, of course, oh, I don't yeah. know when this particular segment where you will appear, but oh. in reality, it's towards the end of the con. <laughs> so This is actually yeah. Sunday that we're recording this. But Mark right. came over a little while ago and was telling us a funny story about, uh, one thing about how much him and his wife love Halloween, but on something yeah. that, that, that he did, which I thought was great, and uh, and I said, you got to come back and get on the air because we wanted to let, let our folks hear it <laughs> and Wes for the first time, yeah, too. Yeah, I haven't so, got to hear the story So yet. tell the story. Man. Yeah, so, uh, so a number of years back, my wife worked at the the railroad near our house the great Spooky mountains railroad and um at some point i had acquired a giant inflated cow costume for halloween <laughs> and uh so um uh, when she was running the trains i would i would go drive quickly to one of the, the um intersections and i'd get out and i'd look like it was grazing like in the grass and as the train came by i would get up slow and start running <laughs> and and, and uh, the kids on the on the train would always get such a kick out of it and then i would uh after the train was gone i'd get in my car and move to the next intersection and do it, and again. Do it again uh so i'm sure i'm in a lot of family photos from back then uh dressed up in uh, a giant, giant inflatable cow costume so uh that 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 was always a highlight. And What'd she say about that? Oh, she she loved it. She she would always like, especially if she knew I was going to do it. She's like, "Hey kids, look out the look out the side. We're gonna we're passing by a cow pasture." And it was just me at the time inflated cow costume. Um, it, and it was so funny because it was it was just really big, you know, the inflated costume. Yeah. Get, and so like I would it would all jiggle when I would when run. you would run. Yeah. Uh, so. And I, I still have that costume. I don't know if the fan works anymore, so it looked a little deflated. But <laughs> it's we, we a can deflated find you cow. a replacement. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, 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 we'll get on Amazon, look that up. Cause we'll <laughs> yeah. have Mark at a convention. It's a cow. <laughs> it's a the cow. Toll Guard cow. <laughs> yeah, I, like honestly, I 
feel like I've got photos of it uh, on my phone. Maybe I'll have to show that to you later. But yeah, we'd like to see that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you guys, um, I just saw over there your uh, annual new die. Your yes. new D six color yeah. is out now. Uh, that's uh, series seven. Series yeah. seven. Yeah. So if you, I collect those from Tolgard. If if I've you, got if, a couple of yeah, them somewhere. If, yeah, you've got a. If you collect them or if you want to start the collection, they, they come up with one every year. It's really fun because the Tolgard logo is on the one. On the one, which was an original mistake, but you yeah. stick with it because well, I think yeah, it's fun. It, at this point, we can't change it. I don't think. <laughs> it uh, has become canon. Maybe if we re-release the dice or something at some point, uh, we might switch well, it see, over. You can, you can always complains. tell what uh, series it is because these will be series one. You get to like ten, and then you can release series two, and you put it like on the two, and then you can get yeah. series three, and so on. Yeah, and, and you know if if you don't because there'll be mind. completists out there somewhere, Mark, that'll have to have all of them. Yeah. So, well, some some of the uh, companies will do the, the the custom dice on the D twenties, but like it's such a smaller surface, it's it's almost not. Yeah. yeah. It, like you don't get enough um, clarity on the image, so we haven't done that yet because you won't be able to tell it's our logo. Yeah, <laughs> we had looked at that too, and uh, it's same and, same boat. Yeah, yeah, we may do something like that. We would have preferred a twenty, but you're right. You can't. We need to do like it. a D eight or something, or a D four. So it's something odd. I think the six is probably got the most surface area. It, yeah, the well, six no, but it's got to be odd. Got, we got to be because yeah, you know, we're, we're weird. Odd. Yeah. You know? yeah, we don't yeah. want to copy off Mark in his store. He'll no. come well, after I, us. I don't mind. He'll, I send, he'll send Cortland. He'll send Cortland after the us. Enforcer. Yeah. <laughs> well, the the, the uh, Master Chief guy next to us. We're, we've recruited him as as uh, the enforcer for is our your group. muscle. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. That dude's tall. Yeah. It'll be all right. So we also got those Tolgard shirts. I you you do have yes you do have shirts. Don't don't leave without. Getting one, yeah. I have to do yeah. that, yeah. Uh, so we we picked a really cheesy line on the back. It says the the real treasure uh, we found was the friends we made along the way, or something. Yes, and, yes, and the gold, and the gold. <laughs> yes, yes, and uh, the gold. Absolutely, so yes. It's yes. all about the loot. Because all about uh, the loot. One, you know, it, it's good for any D and D group, but also, you know, our reward currency is gold. So yes. you know, it's like, yeah, was there for the gold too? So. That's awesome, man. <laughs> Yeah. So that's cool to hear things are going good up there, and yeah. how and how uh, you got some new stuff, and that's pretty fun. And and the story yeah. of the cow is great. So <laughs> a lot of that, right? Because we we were talking about like you know maybe if if I I, I can't get Cortland to do it, but maybe if um, I cosplay, we'll get more people to come to the booth. Oh, that'd be great! Or I would he, love to see Cortland in a cosplay. Yes, that would be. He so said awesome. no go on that. So oh, <laughs> maybe we could peer pressure him what into if we it. Him, uh, yeah. Some kind of Star Wars or a uh, Pokemon. I still think we could pressure him into it. We I'll send him over. You bully him all you <laughs> we'll need to. All right. We'll do it. We just say, Corlin, you're doing this. We'll just drag it. Okay. We'll drag him over there and get buff. Just yeah, slam him through we'll the table. Slam him through table. And, and then we'll get him in a... <laughs> then he could be a mummy. He'd be all wrapped up in a cast. Yeah. <laughs> he's <laughs> so serious that. all the time. <laughs> we could do that. Corlin's so. Quirl, he, he's gotten better, though. He's, he's kind of got to where he'll cut up with us now. Yeah, so that's he's, pretty awesome. He's come a long way. That's cool, man. Well, cool, Mark. Thanks for coming yeah. over and hanging out with us and telling a story because that's a really fun story. Is there anything uh, happening in the store that uh, we could tell folks? Anything new coming out not, or any like, kind really. of I mean, celebration? There's always new stuff releasing. Um, uh, well, one thing that came out this week was the um, the old Gods of the Appalachia RPG that yes. we talked about. Oh, we talked about that out release now? finally. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I'm so. have to go by and check that out. Uh, that, that that was more the neat. horror one because yeah. like the horror was more like uh, you know what shenanigans we get into, but the 
Old Gods of Appalachia is more like a horror. That'd be cool. Setting, That'd so. be cool. So go check that one out. But Torgard right, Games. And- Where can they find you, Mark, if, uh, uh, if they're yeah. listening to it and they want to know how to get in touch with uh, you? So we are, uh, you know, in uh, Pigeon Forge and in Silva, uh, Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, and Silva, North Carolina. Uh, you can find us online at uh, TorgardGames.com. Uh, so and uh, Facebook too. Facebook as yep. well. Yep. Yeah, yep. my my wife's taken over some of the social media stuff. Oh, there you go. Stuff, okay, so all right, all right, all right. I, you, you saw the picture of the yes. new stuff we got. So, yep. yeah. yeah. So Hopefully definitely. more of that. See, yeah. So things are now popping up on social, which means that his wife has taken it over. She's basically. like, all right, I'm in charge here. <laughs> trying to make that uh, that dollar for, for us <laughs> or <laughs> for herself because, like, yeah, she, she needs to make sure she does enough work for me to pay herself. <laughs> Because she keeps finding excuses not to show up at the store. Oh He's like, you're supposed to be at work today. We'll make my, sure you don't let her listen to this. Yeah. <laughs> she won't listen to it unless no. I play it for her. So. Oh, good, good. Well, you play it in the store a lot. So. I, I do, yeah. You, you play it in the store. For some reason, the, the, the sound went it, down It goes down part. when the missus shows up. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what happened. <laughs> All right, Mark. Martin, Thanks, buddy. We appreciate buddy. it, buddy. Yep. Mark has gone back to the booth. Now, Cortland is here. Yes, he did. <laughs> Cortland brought gifts, though. Yes, hello. <laughs> he did. He, he, he brought he us gave, some of the he dice. He gave us some of the dice, which are really cool. I love that color. I, I brought the click clacks. <laughs> <God. laughs> I, I, I have never heard dice referred to as that, and I never want to again. Yeah, Cortland. no, I, I freaking <laughs> <sound>. hate it <laughs> so much. <laughs> I never want to be. But you're welcome for that. Yeah, <laughs> you <know. laughs> thank you for the dice, but do not. I do not thank you for the click I'm, I'm going to do that every time we play D&D. Like oh, every oh, month, yeah. I'm going to be like, where's your click clacks at, Chad? No. The click clacks. Oh, I use digital click clacks now, I know. by the way. Oh, no. And we always tell when Chad screws up because you hear it. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. his makes the sound yeah, on. Well, one of those dice, yeah, it, it's, it, it makes like a, it's a, um, the D20, if you roll a one it, it on D&D Beyond, it turns into a. Uh, mimic uh, or a something. Mimic, yeah. Mm-hmm. If you roll a 20, it's a treasure chest that opens up and it's yeah. like, bling, bling, you know. So it's pretty cool. So, What have you been up to, dude? Um. Work. Well, that's work, good. Work, yeah. more work. Yeah, yeah. Mark, Mark just wears you out. I know that. Yeah. So. Uh, lately, we've had lack of and lack of staff, so I've just well. been like work working the store a lot more than I have. Yeah. So, what is this about you not <laughs> wanting to do cosplay at oh. cons in order to help bring business in? That, that's okay, not, okay, that's okay. Not, that's much, hold, not hold much dedication. <laughs> Hold up, hold up. <laughs> See, what had happened was... As he starts squirming. Yeah, he's like... <laughs> First of all, I wasn't prepared for this. Second of all... Hey, you need to be prepared I, for anything. You know every I'm time you come on the show, yes. you're getting ambushed yeah. about something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Whatever. Um, <laughs> so, it's it's not something I, like, brushed off entirely. Like, there there's some interest there. Like, yeah, I want to yeah. do it eventually. Like, at least once. Right, right, right. Maybe, like, as a young Captain America or whatever. Dude, just do it as Captain America. Just, just yeah. Yeah. suit on and, and go, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it, I, it's just not something I just want to dedicate time to. I just like, I would rather have somebody else do it for me and me right. just wear the thing, and I, I just don't have time for that sort of thing. Let's go to the <laughs> if, store if that and buy makes something. Sense. Yeah, 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 it does. Yeah. It does. <laughs> I mean, if nothing else, I literally can just be the de-aged uh, Chris Evans in the first. Well, movie. what we talked about, what we talked <laughs> about my doing was, what we talked about doing is, is taking you over there and letting Buff Bagwell just slam you through a table. Oh, and then um, when you came from the hospital, you'd be all wrapped up in a cast, and we'd call you mummy. <laughs> I'm legit. I think it's a good thing. I think it's a, Wes and I agreed with it. We thought it was a great idea. Hey, I yeah. hope that Mike picked that up. Yeah. <laughs> we thought it was a great idea. So. I, I'm disappointed in you for the puns. Oh, but it's good stuff. <laughs> uh, you know. 
Where, 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 that's what I was wondering where the buttons are. <laughs> where, where's the sound effect? <laughs> Shutter, he's been slacking? off all hey, weekend, man. man buttons dude. confuse uh, me. Uh, but anyway, see, this show is supposed to be funny. Um, <laughs> no, we, we never said it was funny. Well, and, and we never said it was good. But sometimes for, it's funny. Uh, good. <laughs> God. <laughs> so, um, you getting ready for another season of uh, of Pokemon or what? Uh, I'm still debating on that. Like, yeah. I'm not going anytime the rest of this year. Like, the whole slate of uh, events have been announced for next year. Uh, also, Worlds just concluded mm-hmm. late er, earlier this morning because Japan time. Oh, okay, okay. Um, but they announced that Honolulu, Hawaii, is like the next Worlds location oh, for really? next year. Yeah, that and would be a fun little trip. And you're a traveling man when yeah, it comes to I'm, stuff. So I'm interested in going. Yeah, but yeah. I'm also interested in going to Japan for celebration more Ooh. in 2025, like I mentioned before. Cortland's playing the long game here. So, See? ladies and gentlemen, where should Cortland go? Should <laughs> you go to Pokemon World? put a poll up on Instagram. Yes, yeah. Do that, Wes. Go to our Instagram. Where should Cortland go? Should well, he go to Worlds in Honolulu? Uh, 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 of Pokemon or Honolulu or go to Is it Japan? in Tokyo or is it... Uh, it's pretty much in Tokyo. Like, in Tokyo. I, I forget which city it's in, but like... It, it's somewhere in that area. That's it. So yeah. be, be watching the Instagram, folks. Hawaii for that, or uh, Tokyo? For that. Uh, yeah. But, but you uh, decide. Portland. <laughs> Cortland's yeah. fate is in your hands. Guys, hear me out. <laughs> Japan will have Star Wars. That's more important to me. I know, I know, I know. You can choose <laughs> so what you want to do. You but can do we're just, both. I mean, if you're, you want, working, you're working more. At if the, you want you to know. defy the mob. <laughs> Of the Nerdy Old Men podcast family, that's up to you, man. Oh, I just I don't know. I mean, <laughs> but they happen? know where you are, Cortland. They could have torches so and pitchforks yeah, outside yeah, I mean, of the store. Tor- it's, it's, it's not that hard to find me, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's good stuff, man. It's always fun to talk with you. Thank yeah. you. Thanks for jumping on and having a laugh with us. No, for no a problem. Bit, so um, <laughs> I, I I haven't forgotten that little jab you had the other week. Well, you, I have. So uh, you're gonna have to refresh my memories. <laughs> <laughs> well, a couple episodes ago, you were just like, "Yeah, he still can't beat me in Superfan." Yeah, well, yeah. he still can't. <laughs> he hasn't. And like Ric Flair says, "To be the man, you gotta beat the man." Well, the next time that we know we're gonna be with Corlin, I'm going to bring. The full set instead oh, of just a little deck. Wait, so, it's so you've be been new holding stuff. out on me. Oh, yeah, I got a full set. No wonder we've been having repeats. <laughs> that's that's true, because I keep forgetting. The game <laughs> is rigged. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He lives up to his own name. Whoops, it's I just it's my game, the so it's okay. <laughs> Chad it Riggs, more like Chad Riggs. Rigged up. That's me. I'll own it. I'll own it. <laughs> okay, Rutger, there you go. There's <laughs> no, Rutger, save me. All right. Yeah. All right, Corlin. Thanks, brothers. Thanks, for having me. <laughs> wow. Yeah, man. That's all I can say for this weekend is wow. Yeah, it's good stuff. Uh, we uh, had a lot of fun th- here at Smoky Mountain Fan Fest. You know, it's a lot better than, I mean, even la- last year was phenomenal. Oh, absolutely. Uh, for us. And this year was even better. Um, yeah, man. As you notice with the, <laughs> with the lineup <laughs> from the show, uh, we've had more. Uh, celebrity interviews uh, this over this weekend show for us. than we've ever had. Uh, some great, great other folks, uh, the non-celebrities, I guess you could say, but they're celebrities, they're celebrities us because they're us. friends, friends of our show. You know, we, uh, we we've had a great, great time. Uh, you know, we we really uh, it, it's nuts, man. <laughs> it's nuts. You know, uh, you know, special thanks to our neighbor Hank Champion from. Uh, Pajama Monsters. He's been a great uh, I think con we, neighbor. We, between um, between Wes and I, I think we bought him out of a bunch of stuff. But uh, <laughs> what uh, now? Special note: 
Yes. There are only five stinkies left. He's got five stinkies left. Yeah. So if you want one, you need to contact him. Yeah. yeah. Pajama Monsters. Uh, check those guys or check him out because it's really cool. But I, I definitely wanted to mention again pajamamonsters.com because he's been such a cool neighbor and we've just been shooting the ball and talking and stuff and <laughs> had a really each good other time. With so, you. so it was fun, man. You know we're excited. Uh, you guys are listening to the episode now. Obviously, this is the end of the day, so I'm I'm wore out. So yeah. West, but we're thinking about how to split this up it may end up being more than one episode we don't know but we made a bunch of good friends um got to see a, a lot of people. people um but i mean just the fact that everybody was so willing to jump on the show yep. uh yep. come spend a few minutes with us talking about uh, so uh yeah so it's been good stuff man <laughs> absolutely we've got people hollering at us huh? yeah yeah <laughs> but uh uh, uh but uh hey, hey abby <laughs> Give him a card with my number on it. Yep. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, we're wheeling and dealing here. And yeah. Well, we're, we're you know we're we're setting things up, man. Setting things up. We got you some know, stuff so. coming. Uh, future episodes. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, guys out there, if you, if you know a con that uh, would enjoy having us uh, come and check us out, you know, we we would love to do that and uh, experience some more stuff and, and see what we can do. So, <laughs> Oh, it's been it's been fun. It's been a blast, as always it is. And thank you guys Thanks for all Ty, your support. Uh, yeah, from Smoky Mountain yes. Fan Fest. Thank you, Ty, for inviting out. us again. That that meant the world to us. And hopefully he'll invite us back because I don't think we caused too much of a disruption. So Not this time. <laughs> Not this time. But until next time, this is a very exhausted <laughs> old bald man Chad with Redneck West who's still kicking. Yeehaw! God blood. He came up for Rogot's belly. He parried, elbowed Garagot in the teeth, then slammed him into a tree. Through the tree, and out the other side, and into the dirt. Splinters fell all around, and the severed tree came falling, crushing a giant mushroom to the earth. Garagot kicked Rogot, and he went soaring, flipped backwards and crashed down twenty paces away. The Mushroom King was up and after him. Rogot grabbed his axe, pulling up a handful of leaves with it, and leapt to his feet. Their weapons collided, and they were at it again, snarling, hacking, shoving, and punching, god-blood thumping in their veins. Garagot thrusted the flat side of his blade hard against Rogot's axe, pressed him back, then shoved a crust-covered finger deep into Rogot's ear.